Welcome to American RVer. It's Friends Across America Month, and we start in Salt Lake City, where we meet the green RVer, Brian Brody, at Motosat. We then travel to Benson, Arizona, and catch up with Mike and Terry Church, RV travel book authors, at the Escape East Park there. Also in Benson, we interview Jack and Rita Stout, who homesteaded in Alaska back in the 50s and continue to venture there to this day. We hope you enjoy the show. On this segment of Friends Across America, we're meeting up with Brian Brody. He is an RV explorer. Thank nice you, how are you? Nice Brian. to meet you as well, my friend. Thank you for having me yeah, on your show. You're welcome. Tell me about what you're doing in this big RV with all these uh, labels on it. Well, you know what I've been doing is I've been very fortunate the last couple of years, Peg, to travel uh, North America. I've uh -huh. been to Canada. I've been haven't made it to Mexico yet, but I hit 48 states uh, in 11 months. Oh just my gosh, hiking. you were going. I'm, I'm having the time of my life. You know, there's something about uh, waking up someplace different every day or exploring, taking uh, my Lance Camper as far as it will go, uh -huh. and then parking it, and then say climbing or mountain biking or kayaking right. from there. Yeah, so you do all, do you rent your equipment as you get there or do you carry that on the top of your RV? I carry it, I actually have a, from a company called Yakima. I have a, a oh, rack and roll, yes. so it stores my mountain bike, my kayaks, my skis, all the rest of that. Oh, okay. And what made you decide to do this? Across, I don't know, the, really. across the U.S. in a year, I, for heaven's sake. I, you know what it was, to be honest, is I wanted to see our country. I've been blessed uh -huh. to travel as far away as China. But I never really had an opportunity to explore right here at home. You know, uh -huh. you go camping and then you'll mountain bike in a place. But to be able right. to pick up and go, oh, pull into a town and then have someone say, a perfect example was a couple weeks back, I was in Austin doing a show and someone said, well, I bet you're here for the Bracken Bat Cave. And I was like, what's what? the Bracken Bat Cave? <laughs> but that was my next adventure. So I started off being able to say, uh, no, I just came into town to hang out with some friends. That's what the exploration has been So like. how planned is your trip? Are you going to national parks? Are you going to cities? What are you doing? Not uh, terribly planned at all. I, I okay. pretty much look at uh, the Garmin, or I have I use a, a HEMA Road Atlas. I pretty much check that out, look at a general direction of uh -huh. where I'm going to go, and then have someone that books the appearances and the television and the radio. Uh -huh. But I really have tried to leave it to chance, where you meet someone and they go, oh, did you ever hear of this or that? Right. And then I take off in that direction. Right. And do you tend to stay in campgrounds or do you dry camp? Uh, I do it all. I've been in... Because uh, I noticed the solar panels on the front of your RV. Yeah, the solar panels and the wind turbine on the back yeah. they help me a ton in that because I don't have to plug in uh, but there's sometimes uh, you probably find me in a parking lot late at night of a Walmart uh -huh. if I'm in between uh, drives but I'll stay at campgrounds uh, federal parks state parks Bureau of Land Management pretty much wherever the spirit moves how me. long do you think you'll be doing this uh, if it's just between you and me, I don't know. I think a good bit longer. But, that, but most people are like, look, you're going to grow up one day. You'll, you know. Did you ever get this? Do you live in a van down by the river? For people that don't RV, they go, oh, you live in a trailer. Yeah. I, would you, we have like a negative uh, I know, stigma about to, us. It's hard to get past that sometimes. Yeah, not for me. And you Jim know, and I say the same thing. We're going to do this as long as we enjoy it. As long as we enjoy and it. so why not? Well, because Life that's what a calling is about. Anyway. Life is too short, one. And two, we're going to get to a stage in our lives that we're going to look back and regret things that we didn't do. Right. So if, as long as I, uh, you know, I'm getting up there in the years, so I figured this would be a great time. Uh, on my 40, was it my 46th birthday, I kind of had a little bit of an awakening in that I'm not going to live to be 96 years old. I mean, I know me. I'm not going to live that long. So my life was half over. I wanted to spend some portion of it exploring and taking the pictures. And right. it's been with me at Death Valley at 130 degrees. Um, oh, it's don't been go, all over the place. Don't places. go to Death Valley in the summer. What were you thinking? Well, you know, it was right after I was diagnosed with skin cancer. So it was my little white peg of fighting back against mother nature, you know, throw on my Tilly hat and go, okay, great. If I, the sun's going to give me cancer, I'm going to make sure I beat her back. And I did it in Death Valley and hiked across half the now, time of my life. Now, one of the things I read about on your website is that you are trying to go green. 
with your RV. So tell me a little bit about that. We talked about the solar panels, you've got the wind turbine. What else do you do? Well, I harvest my own rainwater, uh, uh -huh. or, or which helps. And then, you know, trying to find biodiesel wherever we can. But that has been one of the biggest challenges of the Torpeg, was mm -hmm. trying to find those places that have biodiesel, get there at the right time of day. Do they take the credit card that you have? They seem to make it such a challenge for us to, to use biodiesel. Yeah. So wherever I can find it, I use it. And then with the sun and the wind, obviously, you know, we uh, recycle all of your plastic and oh, your newspapers. Like you got to do those kind of things. Right. But for me, to be really candid, I like the idea of being green. But it wasn't until the New York Times article, actually here in Salt Lake City with Keith McCord, where they called it the green RV. Right. I did it just to get away from folks. Uh. I designed it like you to be able to go out and sleep wherever you want, stay right. wherever you like, explore wherever right. it grabs you. So it 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 grew into the label right. of the green RV. But for me, it was an escape uh, vehicle. I wanted to be able to go as far away as I could. And be as self-contained as possible. And be as self-contained as possible. Okay, so Brian, if someone wants to follow your adventures, what can they do? Where can they go? Well, they can go to brianbrody.com, and we do the blog posts and the videos and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the... the, the Oh, the, the postings. I, I write right. uh, every day and put up some pictures and some video and the like. And I'd also love if anyone uh, says, oh, I bet you Brian would dig this place. Or maybe uh, you even drop me an email going, hey, here's some place Jim and I have been. Yeah. Because that's how my adventure is unfolding now. Okay. Meeting nice folks. And they go, hey, go check out this or that. So okay. I would love for them to uh, email Great. me my next itinerary. Excellent. We'll, we'll leave it like that. Well, thank you for taking some time to that be with us, It was very nice Brian. meeting you. And a handsome look behind the camera, too. He's a good-looking <laughs> guy. It's nice getting a chance to meet you both. Thank you so much. We'll be back with Mike and Terry Church after the break. Our viewers, listen up. Have you been wanting a new TV satellite system or that new Motosat internet uplink equipment? Cordell Sales and Service, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, is the premier satellite systems installer and repair center for the Southeast. Our mobile technicians do make house calls and will repair or install on site. Call Cordell at 704-264-9486 or email mohotogo at cs.com. Connecting customers to satellites since 1995 with sales, parts, and service. Welcome to this edition of American RVer. We are in the pleasant southwest and joining me today are Mike and Terry Church and they are authors of travel guides. So if you're ever thinking about traveling somewhere, whether it be to Mexico or the Pacific Northwest or Alaska, these are the guides you want to get a hold of because they're going to cover lots of interesting information about the areas plus camping places you can go to along the way. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Peggy. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Well, how did you get started publishing? Maybe we should go back even further. How did you get started, started RVing? Well, Mike and I were both accountants, and we were working in offices, and we decided we would take a year off from our office job and travel. And we started traveling, and we had such a wonderful time at the end of the year, we didn't want to go back. We found we were really surprised when we were travel junkies when we worked in offices and we loved to travel. Mm -hmm. We were surprised when we started traveling by RV that there were no guidebooks written to tell us how to plan a trip or even where to go after we got there. And we thought it would be a challenge to try and write the books we wished we could have found. And so that's how we got started. Oh, right. And it has been a challenge. And how long ago <laughs> was that? How long have you been RVing and writing? In December this year, it will be 17 years. Holy mackerel! Really? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I'm so impressed. Yes. And you travel by what kind of vehicle? Are you in a, uh, a motorhome? Are you in a camper? Are you tenting? Well, <laughs> uh, 
right now, when we travel, when we research, we use a pickup camper. Mm -hmm. And but we've we've used a variety of vehicles. We started off in a Class C, a large Class C. Uh, we've lived for several years at a time in a Volkswagen camper van, mm. and uh, occasionally we even tent camp. But uh, but we think that the 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 pickup camper is good for us because we travel so much. We're all on the road almost every day. Is it because it gets you into places that maybe a bigger RV couldn't get to? What what's the uh, draw for the truck camper? It's uh, we can get into places that bigger RVs can't get into. But we go in when we write a book. We check every campground that's in our book personally. And we go in, we look at the sites, we look at how access is for bigger motorhomes. And many times if you're in a bigger motorhome and you're towing a vehicle, you can't turn around and it's difficult to access them. And so we find that, it, that access is much easier in the smaller vehicle. Oh, sure, that makes a lot of sense. Although we tow a Jeep now. And so when you're towing, it really doesn't make a lot of difference how long you are. You still have, can't back out of a place. So. Yeah, that's true. You still have to worry about that. Do you have a favorite destination in your 17 years? Oh, we have lots of favorite destinations. <laughs> we don't have one favorite. We have probably a favorite everywhere we travel. Mike and I were from Alaska. Mike was born in Fairbanks, oh, no and so we never tire of going to Alaska. In Alaska, I love the Kenai Peninsula, one of the prettiest places in the whole state. Mike, of course, loves Fairbanks because he was born in Fairbanks. Okay. And the weather is always good in Fairbanks. Oh, sure, even in the middle of the winter? Well, we don't. <laughs> we do avoid Fairbanks in December. <laughs> okay. But in the wintertime, we like Mexico. We enjoy both the mainland of Mexico and the Baja Peninsula. They're totally different destinations, and... Uh, Anywhere on them is fantastic in the winter. The weather is typically good wherever you're at. And but how about riding on the road? You must be a technical whiz if you're publishing your own books. Okay, a computer whiz, not necessarily a technical whiz, okay? A geek, yeah. Is that part of the accountant personality that you can do all the details? Well, we've learned a lot over the years. We started out with no knowledge at all about publishing. and took a long time to figure things out the first book but but we've actually done 23 books now oh, over the years if you, if you count the different editions of the books that we've done so um, we, we always think when we're researching a book that we're going to have the book done when we come out of Mexico or when we come down the Alcan because you've been writing all along yeah yes. we try <laughs> to keep up but it just never seems to work that way. There's always a couple of months of putting things together once, we, once we've seen everything, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes more, sometimes four mm -hmm. or five months. And so we'll usually find a location where we can settle down and work and not have to go out every day and look at things. Nowadays, that's usually someplace in Mexico. We, we pick a place, we know places that we like, or we've done, we've, we wrote two books one year in Prince George, BC. So. And we wrote one year France, one year also. Oh my! Yeah. yeah. And so when you're done, you've laid everything out, you've put in your pictures, you've done all of your tabbing and putting in the different sections, then you send That's it... That's all just the last week. You okay. <laughs> then you send it up to a printer and it's print on demand? No, ours isn't print on demand. Uh, we print a larger number of okay. copies than what print on demand typically is. But we have a printer on the East Coast and mm -hmm. we send electronic files to them. They print the book and uh, our books are distributed by a distributor to bookstores. So stores. how can someone get uh, the Alaska Camping Guide? 
it's available in uh, most uh, travel bookstores as well as usually Barnes and Noble and Borders mm -hmm. and of course on all of the Amazon sites and uh, also available to us through our web from us through our website but most people do buy them through bookstores or through mm -hmm. Amazon.com. So you mentioned your website do you do more do you do blogging on your website as you travel along as well? We're working on our website now more than we used to. We've had a website for now 10 years, mm -hmm. but we didn't you do much except one thing we did with our website is updates. These books come out every four, every three or four years, so things happen in the interim. We know mm -hmm. about changes. We're getting emails from readers all the time. We get a lot of feedback. And so we've always had updates on the website for the books, and, and that works really well. Now we have started doing a blog. We're putting more pictures on the website. We're putting more information on the website. We have uh, a year and a half before we have to do another book, and so oh. we can't stop. So now we're putting the effort into the website. Okay. So you never really do vacation. You work and Our life travel is a vacation. the whole time. <laughs> All well, that, the time. That's yeah. true. That's true, because you don't have to work eight straight hours a day if you don't want to. That's correct. Well, even if and we're sitting in San Miguel and working all day hard, we can still go out in the evening and go to a restaurant and see the life on the square, and it's, it's, a, it's a nice life. It sounds terrific. Absolutely. And I, I think the books are well laid out because they, they go by location. For example, the Alaska one, you've got the Alaska Highway, and I think you've got a section for the Kenai Peninsula in here, so people can go to that particular area and find out all about Every campground in Alaska and actually on the road north, too. These books are very carefully designed. We're RVers. We've been mm -hmm. RVing for a long time, right. and we know the information people need in their books. And that's what we put in there. That, that's, there's really nothing else that's been done exactly like that. I know, they're terrific guides. So if you are an RVer and you're looking to do some traveling and perhaps to Alaska, Mexico, what do I see? The Baja, I see Southwest camping destinations and the Northwest, well, you know where to go now. Let's uh, give everybody the website address so they can at least start there. All right, good place to go uh, for information. It's uh, rollinghomes.com. So that's just one word, rollinghomes, and then .com. Okay, great. Well, thanks for joining me today and giving us a little bit of insight into how these books come together. Well, thank, thank you. you. All right, we'll be right back. Up next, Jack and Rita Stout talk about the wilds of Alaska. Don't go away. Are you looking for some free camping, fun in the sun, and the opportunity to check out one of the fastest growing membership park systems in the U.S.? Western Horizons will give you a complimentary 25-night stay in any of their 18 RV resorts across the country. Just go to the American RVer homepage, click on the free Western Horizons camping link, and download and print the front and back of your free certificate. Read the back of the certificate for all the details. Check out Western Horizons plus camp for free. Go to www.americanrveer.com for your free certificate. On this edition of Friends Across America, we're here with Jack and Rita Stout. And you know how everybody talks about wanting to go to Alaska, maybe with their RVs, maybe flying, maybe cruising? Well, Jack and Rita have done something astonishing. They actually lived in Alaska back in the late 50s and late 60s and early 60s and did some homesteading. So we're here to talk to them about the wilds of Alaska. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me here. So 1957, tell me what spurred you to go to Alaska? Oh, 
actually we went to Alaska in 54. Aha. Uh -huh. And uh, it took us till 57 to settle in and look around enough so that we saw what, you know, we knew what was going on and so how you, we were going to fit in. You went up there for jobs, you went up there for family, what was the impetus? We went up there to get away from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, well that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who knows Los Angeles today is probably ready to oh. escape to Alaska Yeah, there still. were only two million people <laughs> when we left. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big change, going to the wilderness. Even Anchorage was a wilderness when we got there. I mean, there were 13,000 people in the whole town. Today there's something over 300,000. The, uh, in fact, the year we were there, there were three, three different guys shot on Fourth Avenue in arguments over card games. Okay, so it sounds like the wild, wild west to it me. It was. It yeah. really was. And so we're talking dirt streets, uh, wooden buildings. One street light in the whole town. One street light. But after 1954, you got there, you settled in. You're doing what kind of work, Jack? I was in construction. In construction, good time to be there for that, I imagine. And Rita, you were a school teacher, uh, is that right? I was a right? teacher, yes. And you had children when you went up to Alaska, too. Young we children. A, we had a 18-month-old baby when we went up. Oh, yeah, a and, year and a half, that's pretty young. And uh, Jack's folks lived in Anchorage, and they went up in 1951. And uh, it was always, come join us, come join us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we weren't just taking off into total wilderness. We knew somebody. Okay. And uh, uh, Anchorage is one of those places where few people even today have their family. So everybody's your family and it doesn't take you long to be clo become close to people that live around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you make your own family. Okay. Well, I think we find that with our viewers today, too, as they come to some place yeah. for the winter, that becomes their family as well. It's the same kind of situation. Yeah, it is. Only it we really don't is. have young children with us. <laughs> right. Not very often. Right. So yeah. what made you decide to do homesteading? And maybe you can tell me what homesteading really is. Homesteading was a way that the railroads actually figured out a way to help get the federal government to help them establish customers uh, when they were on the western expansion of the railroad at the end of the Civil War. Hmm. And it was so that one section went up for sale and then one section was homesteaded, kind of um, checkerboard down the railroad track. And that way there were people to, to raise crops and whatever to have something to ship on the railroads. And it's never, no, let's see, that's not true. In 1976, they finally did away with homesteading on federal land and got things set up. So now you have to buy the land and it, and from 18 whenever till 1976, the land was supposed to be free. Mm -hmm. And you got up to 160 acres of land, and you were given a list of requirements by the federal government that you had to do to be awarded this land. And so what were some of those things, Jack? You had to clear 16% um, of the land. 
Uh, We're talking heavily treed properly, in right? Our, in our case, yeah, mm -hmm. as against out in the prairie. Mm -hmm. uh, the homestead law was passed in 1862, actually. And uh, we homesteaded in Alaska under exactly the same law. As that, my ancestors did yeah, in Nebraska. Right on. Gotcha. And okay. mine in Kansas, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, the big difference was when my grandfather homesteaded, he had Kiowa Indians to worry about. When I homesteaded, we when we homesteaded, we had grizzly bears to worry about. I read that in your book, um, "To Hell with Togetherness," which is quite an interesting name for a book about homesteading <laughs> in Alaska. And you might have to explain that to me in a bit. Yeah. Now you had to cross a river to get to the property that you selected to homestead. Yeah. Actually, it's more than a river. Uh, it's the the head of Cook Inlet, which is a body of water that's approximately 200 miles long oh. from the mouth of the Pacific, clear up to Anchorage. So how wide was it where you had crossed? Four and a half miles. Four and a half miles? Yeah. And um, wow. with a tidal surge of uh, tidal differential, the low end of the tide cycle, we had a 27, 22 foot tide differential. At the high end of the cycle, it was 38 feet. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, it is. And, and being an inlet, you had, uh, I mean, and that tide that strong, that had to be a tough crossing. Sometimes. Sometimes now, it was terrifying. Uh, Rita, tell me about, you've got children in Alaska now. Uh, how about schooling? How about education? You were a teacher. But tell me about the um, school that you taught in, oh. not in Anchorage. <laughs> That was a one-room schoolhouse with six or seven kids, uh, three first graders, two of them real bright and one poor little thing, and then there was some older kids. The problems with that were beyond belief. First of all, the building wasn't finished. Second of all, it was heated with a wood stove. Uh, it was out in the middle of nowhere. It was cold. Uh, and did you have to actually stay there at the school? I had to stay at you the school. You couldn't commute home. Because the house, our house was probably 12 miles away, and I would have had to go back and forth by boat and then walk back into the cabin. And you couldn't do it in the length of time that you had. So uh, yeah. we, we stayed, I just stayed there. Right. And uh, You had faced a lot of challenges when you were there. Well, yes. Uh, but. Don't you face challenges wherever you are? Well, I guess you do. I think we're at the point where you have to tell me how you came up with the name of the book, <laughs> To Hell with Forgive Togetherness. Well, and at that oh, time, Rita came up with that, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at that time, um, Betty McDonald had written The Egg and I, and I always thought the stuff that we were going through, you either had to laugh or cry. It was just <laughs> hysterical in some ways. So I always thought, well, I'll write a book and, and somebody can turn it into a TV program or a movie or something because this is ridiculous. This ought to be Ma and Pa Kettle. <laughs> and uh, I was out helping Jack dynamite a drainage ditch through swamp. Mm -hmm. I was eight and a half months pregnant in knee boots and he would go ahead and he'd poke a hole in the swamp. I'd drop the stick of dynamite because dynamite made, gave him a headache. 
John came along behind me and covered up the, the hole. That's our eight-year-old. That was oh, our eight-year-old. Okay. Uh -huh. And then we would set off a hundred sticks of dynamite by putting a cap in the end of it and shooting the, the ditch up into the air. And I just decided, you know, somewhere along the line there's got to be his things and her things and to hell with all this togetherness. <laughs> That's great. Well, this is this has been fun to talk to you a little bit. We're kind of out of time, and I just want to let everybody know that this book is available to Hell with Togetherness. But how can they get it? How about if we put it on our website um, as an item for sale, and then okay. they can just buy it through the website, and we'll get in they touch can, with you. They can buy it through your website. All right. Well, thank you, deal. Rita. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate you. you being here today. Really enjoyed your visit. And glad you made it back safely from the wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough duty getting on a plane and letting somebody else do the flying. I know, I think that's kind of how I want to go. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for staying with us for this edition of Friends Across America. For all your satellite TV and internet needs, call Cordell Satellite Sales and Service at 704-264-9486.